0: Well, today uh, we're continuing a bit of the, the Bible study type uh, sermon message. This is more of a, of a Bible study as we go into part two and the final uh, installment of this, of this message. Hopefully, if I can get going here in, in just a little bit uh, on the subject of the Great Tribulation. We talked last time, uh, we began to get the go into the first of the four points that we wanted to cover today. That, that first point of one of the, the elements that will, will take place during the Great Tribulation is, is Israel. The modern day nations of Israel, their descendants that have gone through uh, time, they will go into captivity. Now we spent also some time last time establishing uh, the identity of those nations, at least the, the, the main recipients of the birthright promises, as well as uh, those who kept the scepter promise, the, the tribe of Judah, and by extension, that that southern kingdom. Uh, but but we talked about that, and the other, the other critical piece, and, I'll, and then I'll stop the review, because I know what that's like for those that hear sermon series and, and have to listen to 15 minutes of the review from last time before you get into the main thing, so I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this. But the the other the other element uh, with which we drew attention uh, was it was to recognize that in order for for the way the scriptures discuss prophetically what's going to happen to Israel in terms of going into captivity at the end the in order for them to go into captivity they have to not be in captivity to to go in captivity you see what I'm saying and and that uh, is part of it. There, are, As there are various groups, Church of God groups, that uh, don't recognize the the modern day uh, descendants of Israel. They just see that as kind of like, okay, going into captivity, scattered among the nations. But as we talked last time, Genesis 48 and 49 and the various promises that God gives to uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, down through time, uh, are are, are to be given, it says, in the last days, as Genesis uh, 49 talks about, it speaks of this great wealth. So, uh, so we've got a, a situation that matches then many of these prophecies of the modern-day descendants of Israel having wealth and prosperity but being corrupt and and decayed within mr. Hogberg talked about that uh, and and mr. Garrett talked about that at the beginning of his message the 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 decay that we have underneath even though uh, everything seems to be going along okay but what's really going on behind the scenes what God sees for for them to be in this state of power and wealth and influence then to go into captivity so we'll we'll continue with that that first point of, of one of the aspects of the Great Tribulation as we wrap that up hereby going through a few passages and then get on to points two, three, and four. Let's, let's discuss a little bit more about this captivity, this captive uh, experience that uh, in time Israel will, will uh, find themselves falling into, if I can end with a preposition. Let's go to Hosea 9. Hosea 9 uh, verse 17, we'll just read one verse here. Uh, Hosea 9 <clears throat> Hosea 9 verse 17 as he talks about this uh, the the degradation of so much of of the nation itself being deeply corrupted on so many levels, uh, Ephraim, Israel uh, at the time, He, he comes up to this point where he finally makes this concluding statement in verse 17, Hosea 9, verse 17. My God will cast them away because they did not obey him and they shall be wanderers among the nations. Israel was a wanderer among the nations as it was cast out in the in the 720s BC and 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 then migrated only to have a, a, a later eventual uh, restoration as uh, we're we're seeing now in the last the last couple of hundred years or so if we understand the Leviticus 26. Uh, uh, prophecy of, of, of maybe this seven times of being this this twenty five hundred twenty year period of, of being out there. And then all of a sudden here in the 1800s, we see these, these, this company of nations and, and this other great nation that, that comes on the scene that's all of a sudden uh, really dominating the world in, in terms of its influence. So the, the duality there of here we are now again, and, and we will go into captivity. Look at Amos 6. Amos 6, so what we're doing is, is now finishing up the first point of, of Israel in the end time going into captivity. It is a reality, it, it will happen. What, what God says ha- will happen, will happen. Israel will go into captivity in, in the end time. A- Amos 6, verse one, he says, "'Woe to you,' as, as I, I read this, I, "'I think of where we are as, as a nation, where we as God's people can to some degree be influenced as well? Or are we at ease in Zion uh, in in terms of of uh, them at the time, uh, and, and trust in Mount Samaria. Uh, Mount Samaria being in the northern part, so speaking here of, of, of both of these areas. Uh, notable persons in the chief nation to whom the house of Israel comes. Go over to Kaunah and see, and from there go to Hamath the Great. Go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are, are you better than these kingdoms? Or, or is their territory greater than your territory? And then he says this. This this is something that we as God's people will will and, and should be thinking exactly in the opposite direction here. Are we? Am I? Am I keeping this in mind as 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 I'm thinking about uh, the projects that I've got at my house to do, the projects that I want to do in my yard, the projects of of uh, with various financial blessings, how we'll plan for this and how we'll plan for that. All of that is good and fine, but but Am I, how am I keeping that perspective as I go to God daily in prayer, if I go to God daily in prayer? Am, am I talking about the big picture things as I, as I interact with God? Are, are we doing that? Or, or are we saying, ah, woe to you, who put, all, put far off the day of doom, who cause the seed of violence to come near, who lie on beds of ivory, uh, stretch out on your couches, I have, I have very comfortable furniture in, in, in our living room. And, and we have a, an extra plush king-size bed. I, some of you are, are firm mattress people. I'm an extra plush kind of person, the plushier, plushier, plusher, the, the plushness, the greater plushitude of, of the bed, the better for me. But we we're very comfortable. We, we, we have a, a very nice uh, uh, place to sleep, to, to rest our heads at night. I, for that, I am very thankful. But but to to see that as in ah yeah this is this is what life's all about this is this is you know this is the goal, he, he's he's contrasting that with what's really going on. Do we see that uh, again? As, as as Mr. Hogberg brought out last time, all of the things that are going on. Do we see that, and do we we do we hate those issues to the degree that God does? We are. We understand that the minds of people are blinded and we eagerly look forward to that time when truth will be given to all the world. But how are we as God's people, how are we as spiritual Israel reflecting on that as we live in one of the nations of Israel? Uh, who lie on beds of ivory, stretch out on your, on your couches, eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst uh, of the stall. I had steak last night. And uh, it came from, from Sam's Club, I believe. I don't, th- I. But at some point, it probably was in a stall, and it was uh, it was very tasty, and I enjoyed it, and I was thankful for it. But but again, is that is that the is that the end is that the end of it all? Is that is that how we live our lives? Uh, who sing idly to the sound of stringed instruments and invent for yourselves musical instruments like David? And then now I'm going to switch from the Bible study to preaching a little bit, all right? Uh, And and here is this statement. And who drink wine from bowls. One of the things that uh, at least has been my experience in in the church, uh, and and especially in, in recent months and in recent years, is is the degree to which sometimes we in God's church, because we understand that that wine is for your stomach's sake and and, and often infirmities, and, and that wine cheers the heart of God and man, as, as Judges says, uh, we 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 look at alcohol, and and in in as a church, uh, we we know that God does not prohibit the. The the drinking of alcohol, Jesus Christ, as we know, changed water to wine, uh, at, at as his one of his or is as his first miracle, uh, in in, uh, in in beginning his ministry, but but this thing of drinking wine from bowls. So ask yourself, do I abuse the use of alcohol? Do I drink it from bowls, so to speak? I talked with an individual recently who said I could share this. He said, uh, he, he read recently an article that talks about, I think he called it gray drinking. Uh, that, you know, the person is not a, a heavy drinker in terms of, of putting the alcohol away every night and putting it away to woo. You know, I, I, I don't know where I am here. I, or I, man, I'm, I'm feeling kind of loose. Uh, and then, you know, kind of drifting uh, off to uh, their bed of ivory, uh, but but anyway, uh, but you know maybe 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 that happens on the weekends. Maybe that happens uh, one one night a week. You know we've had the Sabbath, uh, kick back, get together with friends, and and, uh, and 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 push that a little bit too much. Uh, not that they're doing it every night. Not that they're living in a state of a, of drunken stupor. But yeah, you know we just had a good time. Uh, it was good. Didn't really uh, keep my focus where it needed to be, and really didn't know what was going on there for a little bit while the room was spinning. But, but you know, I wasn't driving. I wasn't driving home. We were there, we just had friends over. They crashed at, the, at our house that night, no big deal. Uh, that, that, is, that is a situation that God's people can, can get into. Uh, so I would ask each of you, I ask myself, uh, when, when is the last time, or has that happened? Has that happened recently? Uh, if it does, are you comfortable with that? You know, I've, I've heard others say, "Well, well, alcoholism is a sin, uh, but but getting drunk, becoming inebriated, is that is is that necessarily wrong? Is that wrong? If if as long as I'm, you know, I'm, we're just we're just having a good time and I'm and I'm at home, uh, that kind of thing uh, is is an area that continues to to put its tentacles into God's people." Uh, if, if that applies to you, please consider that. Please consider that because I, I would submit to you that that is uh, an, uh, synonymous with drinking wine from bowls uh, in, in that kind of state. So, uh, you know, it, it varies. I mean, it can be, it, it, does, it doesn't have to be uh, driven by age. It can be something that often afflicts our young adults. Get together, let's have a good time. We're having a camp out. You know, we're just, we're just having a great time sitting around the campfire. Oh, I just put away half of a, of a, of a, of a bottle of 40% alcohol liquor uh, as I've been sipping throughout the last two hours. I don't know what happened. Uh, that, that, that can happen very quickly. Are you comfortable with that? God is, is not comfortable with, with, with drunkenness. And, and if it is something, and, and if you are one of those young adults in those situations, be a light. Stand up and say, hey, folks, hey, this, should we be doing this? Should, should, we, should we go to that level? Be a light. Stand up for what's right. If you're at a party and, and you see that uh, getting a little bit extreme, seeing, seeing that out of balance. Uh, Stand up for what's right. God's people need that, we need that. We need the strength and encouragement of one another so that we can leave an event saying, wow, that was neat, and that was God's people getting together. We had a great time, we laughed, we, we encouraged one another, and you know what? We, none of us got drunk. None of us got drunk. The feast is, is coming up shortly. Uh, I, I, uh, I always have the focus in, in, in my life as, as I go forward, to commit to saying, "I will never. I will do my best to never, ever, ever push beyond the limit that I should never, because drunkenness is sin." Uh, God says, "Don't be filled with 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 wine, but be filled with God's spirit." So uh, that's uh, that's that's my preaching, uh, but. No, I'm going to say one. More. I'm going to preach a little bit more. One, one more, one more uh, preaching uh, subject, and you've heard me say this before. But I would ask again, if you, if you maybe think you know, you know what? Maybe I am sometimes in that gray area. Uh, but but you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily an issue. If that is the case, I, I would challenge you, go three months without having a drink. Just just don't drink alcohol for three months, and uh, see how much of an impact that it is on your life, and then, uh, you know, that's, what are we, about the feast uh, by that time? where We're in mid, mid-June, uh, July, August, September. Yeah, right about feast time. Then scripture says to en- enjoy drink at the feast, and then uh, come back and, and uh, enjoy drink in moderation at the feast. Just, just a tip, not, not an edict, but, but think about that if that, if that is uh, the case. Okay, preaching over back to the study. Therefore, uh, as he says here, uh, and anoint yourselves with the best ointments, but are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. God wants us, God wants us as, as people who are living circumspectly in this, in this challenging world to be grieved for the affliction of of Joseph. There are there are so many things that are going on that we that that cause us if we're using that right in our minds that, that cause us to to have that drive and to cry out to God for his kingdom to come. Uh, Again, all of these things in moderation are, are, are great to be enjoyed. But you see what he's saying here? He's saying that we can get so caught up in these things and begin to lose the perspective of what's really going on in this world that that, that focus drifts off to where we're not even thinking about the the, 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 uh, the, the afflictions of Joseph, the, the folks who are, are suffering as a result of that uh, uh, condominium that crashed in, in South Florida, the, the, things that, the, the, the horrible situations that are going on in various countries of the world, the things that are going on behind the scenes in our own country. Notice what he says in verse 7, therefore they shall now go captive as the first of the captives the dual nature of prophecy here, for Israel in all of its abundance, when it goes into captivity, they shall now go captive as the first of the captives, and those who recline at banquets shall be removed. The the Lord God has sworn by himself, the eternal God of hosts says, I abhor the pride of Jacob. He says, I hate that pride. I hate that pride. Notice uh, no matter what it seems no matter what political group is in power, there is a degree of pride that is is inherent in, in, in American society, in, in Great Britain society, that, that just comes up from within that. We're even in uh, this, uh, what is it, Gay Pride Month, where I heard a recent leader making the statement that, you know, as we're, we're thankful that they can celebrate the truth. They, they can celebrate their truth that they're living. And you think about that, celebrate their truth. Uh, where, where is the truth? But it, it, is, it is the nature of things. We, we recognize that Satan is the God of this world and we eagerly look forward to that changing. But God wants us to keep that focus where it needs to be as we live in Israel and as we experience the blessings that we do. Make sense? Okay, let's, let's go now to Amos 9. Amos 9. So in speaking all of this, when this, when this captivity happens, uh, and, and when, when things turn downward uh, very powerfully uh, for in uh, time Israel, look at, look at what he says is the answer. Uh, I saw the the Lord standing by the altar, and he said, this is uh, Amos 9, verse 1, Strike the doorposts that the thresholds may shake, and break them on the heads of them all. I'll slay the last of them with the sword. He who flees from them shall not get away, and he who escapes from them shall not be delivered. Though they dig into hell, they dig down into the grave, they dig down underground. I'm going to get down under here, and and I think think I'll be able to hide out, and they won't be able to get me. from there, my hand shall take them. I'm going to reach down. I'm going to pull them out with the dirt clods and all. I'm going to pull them out. Gotcha. You think you could hide from me? And and he says, though they climb up to heaven, you know, up to Mount Everest, up, up uh, wherever it is in, in the Andes Mountains, up to Mount Aconcagua or wherever you want to hide, uh, he says, I, I'll bring them down. Though they hide themselves on the top of Carmel, I'll search out and I'll take them. Though they hide from my sight at the bottom of the sea, a bathysphere in the Marianas Trench. They go down there, here comes a serpent will come down there and bite them. Though they go into captivity before their enemies, from there I will command the sword and it shall slay them. I will set my eyes on them for harm and not good. The Lord God of hosts, this, this great being whom we serve, the one who touches the earth and it melts, and all who dwell there mourn, all of it shall swell like the river and subside like the river of Egypt. He who builds his layers in the sky and founded his strata in the earth, who calls for the waters of the sea and he pours them out on the face of the earth, the eternal is his name. Are you not like the people of Ethiopia to me? O children of Israel, says the Lord, did I not bring up Israel from the land of Egypt, the Philistines from Kaftor, and the Syrians from Kerr? Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are on the sinful kingdom. God is watching. God sees the sinful kingdom. And he says, I'll destroy it from the face of the earth. Yet I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob. We know there is a remnant that God brings back as the, uh, you know, as, as, Christ defeats the armies of Satan and, and the remnant begins to come back. He says, for surely I will command and I will sift the house of Israel among the nation. As grain is sifted in a sieve, yet not the smallest grain shall fall to the ground. All of the sinners of my people shall die by the sword who say, Ah, the calamity shall not overtake nor confront us. Well, as we know, the the gospel of the kingdom of God deals with this kind of of material, but it also deals with the wonderful blessings of what God has in store for mankind after uh, that time, as verses 11 through 15 talk about. Let's go now to Jeremiah 30, But Israel uh, goes into captivity. They go into captivity, almost unheard of. I would submit to you as we've talked before uh, how often even in the 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 folks who are uh, who give prophetic messages as their their main uh, as one of their main areas of ministry in, in various uh, programs out there within uh, greater you know called Christianity uh, rarely do they recognize the situation of this of, of what is the state and what will be the state of of the modern day uh, descendants of Israel. Jeremiah 30 speaks to this uh, particular point as uh, this, this time of, of captivity, uh, one of the more familiar passages. Jeremiah 30 uh, verse 1 Jeremiah 30 verse 1 the word that came to Jeremiah from from the eternal saying thus speaks the Lord God of Israel saying write in a book for yourself all the words that I've spoken to you for behold the days are coming says the Lord that I will bring back from captivity my people Israel and Judah so he speaks of both kingdoms here we are in Jeremiah's time Jeremiah's preaching uh, before the fall of, of, of the southern kingdoms in the what the five 580s uh, 590s he's He's preaching that prophecy. And and of course, Israel, the northern tribes, they've been in captivity for for a long time by this time. But he says, in in looking way into the future, he says, I will bring my people, Israel and Judah, back from from captivity. Now, some would say, "Well, well, yes, uh, Judah did come back from captivity. They came back from captivity in, uh, in what was it, uh, as, as uh, the decree from, from Cyrus uh, in, in, in the early 500s, mid, uh, early mid-500s, they came back. Is that, is that to what he's referring? Are, are they talking about after World War II when Israel, the country of Israel itself, was determined to be a nation again? Is that, is that when he was going to bring them back to captivity and has that thus been fulfilled? No, because of what we read on. He says, uh, and I will will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. Now, these are the words that the Eternal spoke concerning Israel and Judah, Israel and Judah. For thus says the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask now and see whether a man is ever in labor with child. About the closest to that is, is... is, uh, a clogged bile duct with gallstones for men, or uh, a kidney stone—that that's kind of close. <laughs> but but, uh, and men that have gone through that, uh, they they kind of maybe have a, 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 an inkling of what that may feel like. But uh, but, ask now, see, you know, has a man ever been in labor with a child? Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins like a woman in labor? This is what, as he looks to the, to Israel in in this in uh, time of, of, of captivity, and all their faces uh, turned pale. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Well do you see what i'm saying the problem with it it being you know something right right then uh, to which he's referring the, the captivity that they were about to go into israel the northern tribes had been incapt- they had been taken away and and gone for uh, again what 140 years or so uh, i say 140 240. Uh, no, no, 140. 140 years ago, they, they were gone. So why is he saying this time of Jacob's trouble and speaking of both of these nations? This is something that is in the future. This is something uh, in the end time. Alas, for that day is great. There is none like it. It is the time of Jacob's trouble. There, there is none like that. that. That references some of Christ's words as, as he talks about the, the, the horrible times that the great tribulation will cause. But he shall be saved out of it, for it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord of hosts, that I will break his, note, his yoke from his, your neck. So they will go into captivity, but in the end, He'll break that yoke, that captive yoke from their necks, and he'll burst their bonds. Foreigners shall no longer enslave them, but they shall serve the Lord their God and David, and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. Well, that's got to be future. That, that, that's, way in, that's way future. That's not talking about what was going on right then. So he says, do not fear, O my servant Jacob, says the eternal nor be dismayed o israel for behold i will save you from afar and your seed from the land of their captivity jacob shall return have rest and be quiet and no one shall make them him afraid for i am with you says the lord to save you now though i make a full end of all the nations where i've scattered you yet i will not make a complete end of you but i will correct you in justice and will not let you go altogether unpunished." So we see that, uh, that God will, will do that with Israel, but he says he will, he will bring them back from the, the final captivity uh, with which they are afflicted. Let's go now to Jeremiah 31. Uh, I love this passage because this speaks again to, to God's view of his people Israel Completely separate now, completely separate of the Israel of God, the the those of the singular seed, those of the seed of Abraham. That seed being Christ. No matter what our race, uh, if we are part of that seed, uh, circumcised of heart uh, and and filled with his holy spirit his his essence of who he is we are of the seed of abraham but he talks about uh, the physical nation here of 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 what he will do with them and and how he views them this this people that he called uh, through abraham isaac and jacob and looked after all this time and will use to begin Uh, to restore all nations in the millennium. Jeremiah 31, verse seven. For thus says the Lord, sing with gladness for Jacob and shout among the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I'll bring them from the north country, I'll gather them from the ends of the earth. Uh, the authorized King James Version, some of you have, have that. I think it says the coasts of the earth from all over where, where they, they've been. Among them, there will be blind and lame and woman with child, one who labors with child together. A great throng shall return there. They shall come with weeping and with supplications, but I will lead them. I'll cause them to walk by the rivers of, of waters in a straight way in which they shall not stumble. Look at the end of verse 9. I love this passage. For I am a father to Israel. God, God in Jeremiah 31 verse 9, he he still sees Israel as that nation through whom he was working, through whom he's going to help them get it right. I am a father to you, Israel. And he says, Ephraim, that not firstborn of, of Joseph, Joseph who was not the firstborn of Jacob, but God, as we remember back in Genesis 48 and 49, he says, uh, Jacob says, Israel is mine. Israel is mine. The, the promises went, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Ephraim is mine. Uh, Manasseh is mine. And, and he says here, Ephraim is my firstborn. God, God will restore them. God will restore them. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the islands and coastlands afar off. He who scattered Israel will gather them, gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. So in the end time, Christ returns, nations of Israel are redeemed, and God, who is a father to Israel and Ephraim as his firstborn, leads them back. That's uh, point one. Point two. Uh, a second. Now we're getting into a second aspect of the a second feature of the Great Tribulation. Let's go to Luke 21. We'll get back to the Olivet Prophecy and, and read this. This is a, a critical, this represents a critical piece of what will be going on in the Great Tribulation. While you're turning there, as we talked last time, uh, it, it appears from, from various passages that the downfall of the nations of Israel in the end time, happens very, very quickly uh, and, and comes on them suddenly. And, and then we see this, this other force coming down. So let's look at, at, at point two. Luke 21, verse 20. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation, desolation is near. Then let those who are in the Judea flee to the mountains. Let, let those who are in the midst of her depart, and let not those who are in the country enter her. Verse 22, for these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. See that uh, enlightened in, uh, in enlightening passages in Daniel, uh, as well as, as uh, Revelation. But he says, verse 23, woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people and they will fall by the edge of the sword, and they will be led away captive into all nations. Led away captive into all nations. This, this again, you know, Christ is, they're saying to Christ, well, give us the signs of the times of the end of the age, and he's saying this is, this is one of them. They're going to fall by the ed- edge of the sword, they're going to be led away captive into all nations, as we've already covered, and Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of Gentiles, the times of the Gentiles, are fulfilled. The, the, the second point that we we'll want to talk about, uh, while there was a, a time during the Roman Empire where, where Titus came in and, and took over Jerusalem, uh, and there was a, a, a fleeing that occurred then, but we're talking about the, the, the times of the end. Maybe it, that was a type of, of the time of the end, a trampling of the Gentiles. The, time of, the times of the Gentiles will be something that we'll, we'll see taking place during this great tribulation period, as well as the work of the two witnesses, the times of the Gentiles and the work of the two witnesses. Uh, let's go to Matthew 24. Let's just read that really quickly. Matthew 24 speaks to this to some degree, mirroring his words here as uh, Matthew reflected on the words that he said and and recorded it the way he did under God's inspiration. Matthew 24, verse 21, here we see the the, the flight not be on the Sabbath day verse twenty one for then there will be great tribulation this this matches the fifth seal uh, the the great there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time interesting similar uh, words that we read in in, in uh, in, in the Old Testament, just recently, and unless those days were shortened, no no flesh shall be saved alive. But if but during this time, there's going to be all kinds of false uh, religion going on. Look here, here Christ is here. No, there he, he's over there. Don't believe it. Verse 24: False Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonder. I've told you that these things are going to happen before. And if they say he's here, or he's in the desert. No, don't believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west of so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So there will be great tribulation. Uh, and, and during this time, there is a, a trampling of, of the Gentiles, a uh, trampling of, of, of the holy area by the Gentiles. We talked in, in Daniel 11, 40 through 45 about that last time. But let's now go to Revelation 11. Revelation 11, which is a bit of an inset chapter, Remember how we talked last time about the Great Tribulation, about 42 months, uh, 1,260 days, three and a half years, time, times, and half a time, uh, these various ways of, of saying this, this time period? We see this uh, articulated here in, in Revelation 11. Revelation 11, verse 1. So he said, I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood there and he said, rise and measure the temple of God, the altar and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it. For it has been given to the Gentiles and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. So here's that three and a half years again, 12 months in a year where they will be there and, and tread this, this city underfoot. Remember how we talked last time about the, the abomination being s- set up, the, the king of the north sweeping down between the two seas and setting up there. This, so different ways of describing this, this happening, a, a trampling of the Gentiles uh, on the holy, holy city. But he says in verse three, during this time I'll also give power to my two witnesses. And they will prophesy, oh, 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. So you've got this force over here doing what it's doing, and you've got these two witnesses that in the middle of this, they're preaching, uh, uh, they're proclaiming the gospel. They're proclaiming uh, what is happening. They're calling the shots uh, from, from God's uh, direct uh, inspiration about what's going on and, and who this, this power is and what it really is. As they're preaching the the gospel of the kingdom of God, uh, in direct opposition to to the Gentiles that are, are ruling the city and trampling it underfoot. Verse four: These are the two olive trees, Zechariah uh, four uh, reference. These are the two olive trees and and the two lampstands standing before God before the God of the earth. So, if anyone wants to harm these two individuals fire proceeds from their mouths and and devours their enemies and if anyone wants to harm them they must be killed uh, in he must be killed in that manner These two individuals have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. I I just try to imagine that. It's hard to imagine that there will be a time when we have two individuals doing that. But we are God's people. We've read his word. We've seen what he's done in the past. We believe that Elijah did what he did. We believe that Jesus Christ did what he did. We believe that God did what he did for Daniel and what he did for uh, Daniel's three friends. We know this, this is going to happen. This is going to happen in the future. And the, the, the people who are in these positions and the individual who is there in Jerusalem claiming to be the, the representative of Christ, if, if not a, a type of Christ, will not like it. Verse 7, when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against these two, and God will allow them to overcome them and kill them. And so here are these two witnesses uh, that serve God mightily, incredible, incredible uh, miracles that they perform. They're killed and their dead bodies lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, talking about Jerusalem, where also our Lord was crucified. So when that happens, as we look at the, the, the trampling of the Gentiles as uh, there in the holy city and as they uh, have power and, and their influence over, over the whole earth right then of, of, of the false religion and false system in place, then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations, they'll see their dead bodies three and a half days and, and will not allow their dead bodies to be put in the grave. Don't put those, those despicable beings in the grave. Leave them out there for everybody to see. This is their end, and, and they'll be celebrating and giving gifts and exchanging gifts and making merry because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Then verse 11, now after three and a half days, the breath of life... From God entered them, they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. Later passages of, of, of uh, Revelation talk about, though in the end, uh, even though there is fear, there is not a turning, uh, a turning to God. There is fear and greater and greater anger and wrath of the people. Uh, towards uh, these individuals and towards uh, what they stand for. And so he says here, they they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud and their enemies saw them. Some have uh, conjectured that that might be that they might be being raised up uh, at, that, at that time of, of the resurrection uh, as, as we get right back into uh, the, the chronological uh, story of things with the seventh trumpet and, and God's people being raised here in, in, in this same chapter here starting in verse 15. But uh, a fascinating time uh, when all this will be going on. Let's look over to Revelation 13 now. So as the two witnesses are doing that, we've got on the flip side, during, during the uh, great tribulation, uh, the times of the Gentiles as, uh, in, in full force, as led by the beast and the false prophet. Uh, Revelation 13 verse 11, let's look there to remind us of this. He says, I saw another beast, this is another inset chapter, but I saw another beast uh, coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb uh, a Christ-like uh, figure, but spoke like a dragon. What uh, came out uh, w- was of the devil, uh, was of, of what was was evil of Satan. And this individual, verse twelve, exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and and causes uh, the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. So the beast power, this this powerful government and authority, with military backing and. and Leadership and influence across the whole world. This this false prophet, this this lamb that is that kind of looks like a lamb but is really a dragon, is is exercising uh, exercises the, all the authority of that beast by the way that he gives it power and influences it uh, with with his uh, commendations. So he says here. Uh, continuing in verse 12, and causes the earth and those who, who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Speaking of one of the resurrections of the Holy Roman Empire, he performs great signs. He, he does the same kinds of things that these two witnesses are doing. Well, who's right? Who, who is the one of God? Who is who is who is clearly, how, how do we know? How do the people of that time know? Uh, those who have the love of the truth, whom God has called; those who do not have the love of the truth, as Second Thessalonians says, they'll be sent strong delusion. They won't. They'll see this, and this has to be. These these people are here. They're doing this. This has to be of God. So he's he he can do. Uh, Incredible things make fire come down from heaven in the sight of men and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. And he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So they're tremendous influence here, and, and they're, they're killing people as, as, as they lead. He causes uh, all, uh, to re, both small and great, to, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. Great, great influence here. Revelation 17, let's look at that as well. Revelation uh, 17, verse 7. The angel said to me, as he's speaking about uh, the the mother of harlots, the, the one who uh, rides uh, rides the beast, the, the the false church that leads it. He says, I, I I said to the angel. The angel said to me, Why are you marveling about this? Because he saw all this, and and John said he marvelled with great amazement. He says, I'll tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast which carries her, which has the seven heads and the seven horns. The beast that you saw was and is not will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition, and those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is." Tremendously powerful, tremendously influential. They will marvel at that and, and be pulled into that. These. These, these folks continue right up until the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, it appears that those who are serving as, as the two witnesses will be in power and doing what they're doing right up until the end. Can you imagine the people that are living through this as things are getting crazier and crazier and crazier as they're, they're trying to sort out what's going on? Strong delusion. <laughs> We've got, you know, we, we think about just some of the concepts that we hear today in our society that are so anti-biblical, so anti-God. We, we see the roots of that strong delusion in our minds, what we would say is in full are in full force right now, but it's going to become even more powerful. Yet God will be working with individuals th- through the, the work that he's doing through these two, two witnesses to begin to see the truth as well. So two, two components of this time period of the great tribulation. In verses 12 through 18, we won't go through all of that, but it, but it talks about how this this power, this this times of the Gentiles with the beast and the false prophet ruling, as as they are, uh, they are of one mind. These these these. Ten nations of the end, these ten kings that, that join with that, and they give their authority and power of the, the to the beast. So there is this tremendously powerful force that is, that is ruling at that time. They'll make war, verse 14, with the lamb. The lamb will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and those who are with him at his, at his return are, are called, chosen, and faithful. So God has allowed this group that is in that state uh, of of power to have have that one mind and purpose uh, until the words of God are fulfilled as as verse 17 tells us. But it is a a, a time of of, of grave trouble, and, and it is a time that will also bring us to our third point because as we go back now to Matthew 24, we see a third factor. When you've got Israel in captivity and, and you've got the, the beast power in the power that it is ruling in Jerusalem and having incredible influence over the world with the false prophet, uh, again, exercising his power and, and lending his power to, to the beast itself, people are going to die and God's people are going to be persecuted and they're going to be martyred during that time that is a reality it's it's in it's 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 peppered throughout uh the the prophets and it's and it's and it's stated of course throughout revelation it is the the third point the persecution and martyrdom of the people of god this mirrors what is the fifth seal we've got the first four seals the four horsemen the apocalypse that we call them but then the fifth seal uh, which is uh, discussed in Revelation 6. We'll get there in just a second. This is that time, that, that time of great tribulation uh, where God's people are going to be martyred. They're going to be persecuted and martyred. One of the things that, that, that I think is, is precious about this, that God is still preaching his gospel and, and he is still causing those whom, whom he's choosing to call and, and work with at that time, giving them an opportunity to come to him uh, at that time uh, as God works with, uh, with, with these individuals. Matthew 24, let's look there, verse, verse 9. Matthew 24, verse 9, we see it, it discussed uh, to some degree here. Matthew 24, verse 9, So as he mirrors this discussion of the, of the first four horsemen of the apocalypse, the first four seals, which, is, which are also discussed, uh, mirrored here in Matthew 24, 6 and 7, he says, these are the beginning of sorrows, verse 8, but he says, and then, because that's that next seal, that's that fifth, fifth seal, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you speaking of of, of God's people. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. As a result of this, many will be offended and and betray one another and will hate one another. I know this has been talked about uh, recently, but we'll talk about this again, that it appears, at least as I read this, I, mean, I, I can see this happening all around the world, but but to one degree or another, I, I think he's also talking about about God's God's people being being uh, falling prey to this kind of, of mindset. It, it's so critical for us in this in this time, uh, especially just as we've dealt with the pandemic uh, of realizing what is it that unites us as his people? Is it the fact that we can meet or, or we can't meet? Is it the fact that we uh, we have a bigger congregation? Oh, then there's some energy when we've got a big congregation going. Is it is it the fact that we've got uh, activities? Is it the fact that I can come to services and I've got a friend who kind of thinks like me, a buddy that I can hang out with and talk, talk to versus being in this little congregation of 9.35 average people per Sabbath? You know, what what is it? What is it that 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 brings us here? What is it that, that keeps us connected to God or, or keep us, c- keeps us connected to the body of Christ down the stretch? Is it going to be those things? Because we see a time now of, of offenses, of, of people uh, betraying one another and, and hating one another. Boy, we cannot let that get into our lives. We cannot let that uh, sneak in and take root in our lives. If we've got anything in our life where we've got got an offense against somebody else, a a, a challenge that we're having with someone else that uh, we find find is affecting us spiritually, and, and we're finding ourselves distancing and wanting to pull away from folks. Uh, that is the time to take action. Go to that person. Talk to that person. If there's an issue with the church, come to me. Talk to me about it. If, if you've got an issue with me, come to me. Please talk to, with me about it. If I don't know, I, let's try to get this worked out because it, it's your salvation that we're talking about. It, it's my salvation that we're, t- we're talking about. We've, we've got to work through these things because what we stand for and what we believe and the truth we, we can't let anything get in the way of that. We can't let anything get in there. And Satan's trying to rip us apart. He's trying to rip us apart through political objectives. He's trying to rip us apart through decisions over COVID, what to do, on how to get back together. He's trying to rip us apart in our families and in our marriages. He's trying to get a foothold anywhere he can to get in there and cause us to move into this state of becoming offended, betraying one another, and hate one another. He's really going to get after that in the great tribulation. Do we do we not see the seeds of that now? Boy, I, I see it. I see it. I, I see it at different times that I'm frustrated with different things. And, and boy, am I going to let that get a hold of me? Am I going to let that impact me to where I get in a funk, a spiritual kind of funk that is, is going to take me away from the 1 Corinthians 13 love of, of, what, of what God's way of life and, and, and the brethren that, that we have with one another become, I cannot let that happen. We, we cannot afford to let that happen because it's, it's, it's our lives. It's, it's, it's our salvation that God is offering us. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen in, as verse 10 says. Hopefully it will not happen uh, to us. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many and because lawlessness abounds, or will abound, I- increase or, or multiply, as, as uh, Strong's brings out, the love of many will begin to grow cold. Through, through what we've experienced in the last couple of years, through what you or I have experienced privately in our own lives or in our own relationship with, with others, can, can you and I say that no, I am not I have not grown a little cold. I am hotter <laughs> for God's way of life than ever. Or, or can we not say that? Uh, only you and, and only I uh, can, can govern that in my life. Uh, you and I are accountable to God for whether we're letting that, uh, that, that sneak in. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. And, and as I think about the brethren in our congregations, Many of you have been greatly afflicted, some deeply emotionally through, through, through loss and, and, and various you know, fractures that have happened. And it, it is painful. It is painful. Uh, is, is your love growing cold as a result? Is, is my love growing cold? But no, he who endures to the end. No, where I am in this. I am in this till the end. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached. It's going to be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and the end will come. In the end, uh, in, the, in that, that time period of, of the great tribulation, uh, there will be people who will be martyred, that will be delivered up to tribulation and killed. But the, the, the two witnesses will be preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And the individuals who are in that situation will be preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God by the lives that they lived, that they did not love their lives to the death. That's what we've signed on for. Revelation 6, verse 9. Revelation 6, verse 9, as it talks about this fifth seal, we see the the description of, of what's called these these martyrs that well they're dead they're obviously dead and there's no no thoughts no no plans in the grave whether where we're going as for those who have died they're asleep they're they're resting in the grave but metaphorically here they 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 they're crying out as 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 Abel's blood cried out to God when Abel died when he opened the fifth seal i saw the altar i saw under the altar the souls, the, the human beings who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. This fifth seal being opened, uh, looking, looking, uh to that, I think to some degree it could be going back all the way through time, God's, God's people who have been martyred for, for various reasons. But uh, specifically, here we are coming into this great tribulation period now before the heavenly signs, which are the sixth seal. But he says, and they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Hopefully, we as God's people who are still above ground are, are, are saying, how long, how long, Father, until you judge and avenge uh, the blood of, of the saints on those who dwell on the earth? How long, and as, as these metaphorically are saying. Then a white robe was given to, to each of them, and it was said to them that they should, they should rest a little while longer. They're in the grave. They're dead. They're going to be in the grave a little bit longer until both the number of their fellow servants— and their brethren, who would be killed as they were killed, was completed. So part of this time is, is the reality that God's people in, during the, the, the fifth seal will be persecuted and, and, and God's people will be martyred. Revelation 7 verse 9. Throughout this this time period, though, an incredible work of God is taking place. Satan is is doing all that he's doing, and it is a dreadful and terrible time, but God is doing an incredible work. Look at what he's doing here in uh, Revelation 7, another inset chapter, as it speaks to the great tribulation. Revelation 7, verse 9, After these things uh, I looked, and behold, a great number, which no one could number, of, of of all nations, tribes, people, and tongues, uh, all, all different races, all made in the image of God, all different people uh, standing before the, the throne and before the Lamb, clothed, clothed with white robes and with palm branches. Palm branches, a symbolic of, of, of victory. Uh, white robes often symbolized of, of of a being made clean or, or washed white as we see of of the, of the church that is the bride of the, the lamb at his return or or as we see a white robe given to each of them uh, that that had died uh, as martyrs as we just read in Revelation 6 so uh, martyrdom and marriage, uh, because of of the righteousness of God in them as they yielded to him and and were clothed in the the blood of Christ. But he says, uh, so they stood before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and with palm branches in their hands, and, and crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and the the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. And they said, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Verse 13. So one of the elders answered, saying to me, uh, So, John, uh, you know, who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? Uh, very good answer when you're asked a question uh, like this of somebody like that. Uh, He said, sir, you know, That's that's always good to say. You're asking me. You you know. I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know. So he says here, here's here's what it is. He said to me, these are the ones who came out of the great tribulation. This this massive group of people came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. So we we, from that uh, conjecture, you know, how did they have that Their robes washed white in the blood of the Lamb. Well, all of us, all of us through God's calling and and through conversion in that that process ultimately of being changed to to a spirit being, uh, go through that. But there is some indication here that this could be another example of a huge group of people called out during this period of the Great Tribulation who, who are called through the, the gospel message being delivered and through God's reaching out and drawing them to himself, they're yielding to that, and very likely, as scripture says, dying as a result of that, loving not their lives to the death, and dying uh, in the faith, uh, possibly, again, martyred, as, as much as scripture says. Now, speaking of, of these individuals, as we look into the future here's their role therefore they are be, not not role but but their 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 status with god uh, a status that we all uh, look forward to they are there before the throne of god and serve him by day and night in his temple and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them think of revelation 21 and the the statements there about God coming and dwelling with, with mankind for eternity. These individuals will no longer uh, hunger or thirst. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat, for the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The end result is, is, is very good for those who are called during that time, as, as it is for all uh, who eventually come into God's family. Let's look at uh, Revelation 14 now. Interesting statement is made here, as it's speaking, uh, uh, you know, as the end, as we move into this, this, this day of the Lord period, uh, in the final, be it a, a year or so of, of, of the great tribulation, that final period right before Christ uh, returns. But uh, an interesting statement is made regarding the saints who die during uh, the events of leading up to Christ's return uh, in the final three and a half years. Let's look at it. Uh, Daniel, I'm sorry, Revelation 12, ah, Revelation 14, verse 12, Revelation 14, verse 12. He says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, "Blessed are those, uh, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on." Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. It is an honor to serve God faithfully, and and die for God. If that be the case, it's an honor. It's an honor. Uh, if, if, if God determines that is for us. Okay, I won't read uh, from uh, Daniel 7, uh, but Daniel 7, and uh, let's go to Daniel 12 instead. Daniel 7 talks about the persecution of the saints, but Daniel uh, 12 does as well as we move to our final point here. Daniel 7 verse, uh, verse 25, I know you're going to Daniel 12, but I'll just reference this uh, about the saints of the most high will eventually receive the kingdom, but they're, they're also going to be uh, attacked uh, by that final beast power uh, prevailing against the saints as Daniel 7, 21 says, and, and speaks of this, this individual that speaks pompous words against the most high, persecutes the saints of the most high, in, intends to uh, change times and law, the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. There, there it is again. Uh, the, the saints will be given into his hand uh, and persecuted in that respect. And, and as Daniel 12 then says, Daniel 12, verse, verse 7, uh, halfway through, he talks about, and when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. So there, there is in that end time, uh, a time per- period where God's people the, will be completely shattered. It is, it is the nature of it. But is, is that the end of it? Is that the end of it? Look at uh, let's finish out this this statement here now Daniel 7 verse uh, Daniel 12 verse 8. Although I heard I I I didn't understand and, and I said my Lord what, what shall be the end of these things? And and as he said and then he said, "Go your way, Daniel. The words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end." I, I believe that that these words, you know, we don't understand all, but I, I believe that these words were sealed up. Daniel didn't grasp all that was going to happen, and yet here we are now in the end time and seeing these things play out. And God has opened our minds to to recognize these things that are going to happen. Uh, It is no longer sealed to that degree. Look at verse 10. Many shall be purified. Talking about the, the holy people being completely shattered. I, I want and I desire and I hope that God will continue to do this with me is continue to purify me, to continue to make me white and refine me. And I know that each of us wants that. We, we want to be continually purified, to be continually made white and to be purified. But notice that there is a difference. We, we, we as God's people here in this time, in time, we, we have a choice. We have a choice because there's also a statement here that the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand. Uh, if, if we are going into wickedness in our lives, we will move into a state of, of a lack of understanding but the wise, verse 10, shall understand. Okay, let's talk about our fourth and final point now as we uh, begin to move this towards a close. Let's go to Revelation 12. While we have the persecution and martyrdom of the people of God, his saints, uh, taking place, we also have, as, as scripture brings out, it, it appears this is the case as, as we look at this, that, that there are uh, a group of God's people that are also protected and nourished during this time that the people of God there are people of God that are protected from this dragon from this this beast power at the end and nourished during this time revelation 12 revelation 12 verse 7 revelation 12 verse 7 uh, breaking into the the thought here of 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 the Michael and the angels fighting against the dragon and the dragon uh, did not prevail. And and he's cast down this serpent of old. He was cast down to the earth and and his angels, the angelic realm that's with him, the third of the angels that, that turned, they were cast out with him. So it says here in the middle of verse 10, the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down uh, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not uh, love their lives to the death. But it says, realize here that even though things are coming quickly, uh, but the devil now has great wrath, verse 12, because he knows that he has a short time. So at this this end time, the, the dragon sees that, that he had been cast to the earth. He persecutes the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished. And here's that statement again. For a time, times and half a time. This this what appears to be this three and a half year period of, of the presence of the serpent. This serpent that has so much power and has been given so much power to destroy this force that cannot be stopped. That uh, is, is, is ruling uh, the world at this time. He's, he's going to take out uh, this, this group of people that has been taken away on the wings of a great eagle. However, that might work. Uh, to where he is going to destroy them with a flood, a force that cannot be stopped. But, the, uh, but it says in verse 16 that the earth helps the woman. The earth opened its mouth, swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth, so the woman was, was protected. She was protected in her place and nourished for a time, times and a half a time. So we, we take from that that there appears to be a group of people that are protected during that time. Uh, The dragon is so enraged over his inability to not have power over everything and destroy her that he goes to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So there are some who are taken and protected. There are some who go through the great tribulation. There's this innumerable multitude that comes out of the Great Tribulation, so we know there are going to be people that are there and that are going to be persecuted and and die during that time. But they are God's people. They are God's people, and they are in two separate locations. That's our our best understanding of that. Revelation 3 gives us a a clue of of how this may play out uh, and... Again, I know this is a review for most of us, but Revelation 3 gives us a, a bit of a clue as he talks about this. If we understand this appropriately, as as it being various eras of the church, as well as characteristics or or character traits that could be in 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 any one of us at any time with any one of these churches, but it. There appears to be a a group of Philadelphia here that he says in verse 8, Revelation 3, verse 8, I know your works. I've set before you an open door. No one can shut it. Uh, For you have a little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name. I'll make make those of the synagogue of Satan who who say they are Jews and are not. Uh, And indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world. That, that kind of language there, the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world. I, I, I can't see that referring to anything else but the very end of it all. Uh, so I'm going to uh, keep you from that, uh, this time that will test those who dwell on the earth. I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. So how does he keep us from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole earth? Does does it mean that there may be some that that are taken and protected in that way? It it appears that that's the case. Uh, Could some be protected uh, from that hour of trial uh, by death? That wouldn't be a bad way to go that I die and, and, and rest in the grave uh, prior to all of that time. And time goes like that, and, and here's Jesus Christ returning. May that be a, a way that they are kept from that. But but the nourished for time, times, and half a time certainly gives the appearance that there will be a group that will be protected. Uh, three final passages. Uh, Zephaniah 2. Zephaniah 2, we'll just read this quickly, another uh, another. Passage that gives us maybe a glimpse into this. Zephaniah 2, verse 1. Gather yourselves together. uh, Yes, gather together, O undesirable nation, before the decree is issued, or the day passes like uh, chaff. Behold, uh, the Lord's fierce anger comes upon you before the day of the Lord's anger comes upon you. Verse 3. Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth, who have upheld his justice, seek righteousness, seek humility. It may be that you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. So there, that may be a reference as well to some being taken and, and hidden and, and protected during that time. I know this, I know that, let's turn finally to uh, Zechariah 10. Zechariah 10. I, I know that, Christ says, "Whoever desires to save his life shall lose it, and whoever is willing to give his life for my sake shall shall find it." I'm, I'm paraphrasing. If if we are wanting to save on save our necks, uh, and and it's all about that, then we're not, uh, as as Revelation 12 tells us, "Love not their lives to the death." We're we're holding on to to the physical nature of, I want life, I want to live as long as I can for life's sake, and, and oh, I want, I want this and I want this because I don't want to experience pain and suffering, uh, because I don't want to experience this, I mean, it, it's natural for us not to want to do that, but is it out of priority, is it out of, is it out of kilter in our lives? Are we wanting comfort and, and, and this and, and be here for, for the right reasons or for the wrong reasons? Luke twenty one thirty six says, "Pray that you may be accounted worthy to escape escape these things." So it is in a right mindset for us as God's people to say, "God, if it is Your will, if, if I am am here to live in these times, if it is Your will to to protect me, uh, to." to protect me and, and bring me to this place. As I, I, I know this, God, regardless, I will serve you. I will serve you to the best of my ability and, and, and strive to become like you and, and allow Jesus Christ to guide and direct my life all the way till I breathe my last breath. I would love, if you're going to keep me alive during that time, I would be incredibly appreciative that I would be accounted worthy through the sacrifice of Christ and through allowing your Holy Spirit to dwell in me as I live my life to escape these things that will come to pass. I would really like that. But your will be done. Your will be done. If you want to use me in another way, uh, and if that means dying for you, so be it. My life is yours. I serve you because I will not love my life to the death. I love you. I love you and I love your way to the death. Zechariah 10 verse six. Pray, you know, to, to pray that, that we may be counted worthy to escape these things is, is a good prayer in the right perspective. These things that will come to pass. And brethren, these things will come to pass. They will come to pass. Our desire is to stand before the Son of Man, the King of Kings, will return. The knowledge of these prophecies that we covered today that we know in part, they mean nothing, and we are nothing (laughs) unless we possess the love of God, and unless we are found as as servants, so doing when the Master comes. And yet the knowledge of these things has been revealed to these people, these people that are here today, sealed up until the time of the end, even though much of it, as I said, we still know in part. Knowing what we know, that knowledge gives us purpose, and it gives us hope. Zechariah 10, Zechariah 10, verse 6. He says in the end, as the millennium begins, I will strengthen the house of Judah, and I'll save the house of Joseph. I'll bring them back, because I have mercy on them. They shall be as though I had not cast them aside, For I am the Lord their God, and I will hear them. Those of Ephraim shall be like a mighty man, Ephraim of the house of Joseph. And their hearts shall rejoice as with wine, in in the right amount, I'm sure, uh, going forward. Uh, Yes, their children shall see it and be glad. Their hearts shall rejoice in the Lord. I'll whistle for them and gather them, and I'll redeem them, and they shall increase as they once increased. I'll sow them among the peoples, and they shall remember me in far countries. They shall, they shall live together with their children, and they shall return, and I'll bring them back from the land of Egypt. I'll gather them from Assyria. I'll bring them into the land of Gilead and Lebanon until no more room is found for them. He shall pass through the sea with affliction and strike the waves of the sea, and all the depths of the river shall dry up and the pride of israel uh, of assyria shall be brought down and the scepter of egypt shall depart so he's as he talks about the house of judah the house of joseph the people uh, that he's bringing back he says i will strengthen them in the lord and they shall walk up and down in his name says the lord as we go forward brethren now as as the called israel of god may we truly tr- i'm truly brethren may we truly walk up and down in his name. Are we doing that? Am I doing that? Am I walking day in and day out, up and down in, in the Lord? I pray that we do so.